Hallelujah Monkeys for July 3rd. My name is Dylan Flynn. My name is Trevor Ickrath. Trevor, uh, the the nation that we call home is having its birthday tomorrow. It is, yeah. And so uh, how, how do you how, do you consider yourself to be a patriotic person? No, but I can respect any holiday that's about telling your dad to fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. No, it would be a great way for a Gorillaz fan to, to, to uh, celebrate fourth of july though what's the move what's the gorillas fan fourth of july move well i would probably just listen to the fall you know that's the american album right oh yeah for sure yeah there's some american as hell songs you could sing along to the parish of space dust you could probably put together a whole little cool little damon auburn visits america mixtape if you go like through blur and stuff like that because i know there's like a song for america that's Magic true america. look inside america look inside america yeah that'd be fun watch some fireworks fireworks go off listen to some sardonic brits talk about your your home country Oh, we got a lot to talk about sardonic Brits this episode. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to just barrel forward into the news? Yeah, let's talk about the news. It's all good news now. I just said that we're starting the news, but I'm going to say something that isn't strictly news. If you if you uphold yourself to any journalistic standards, Trevor. Right. So get get your get your thumb already over the uh, 15 second skip button. <laughs> this is like let's talk about wild speculation rather than news. But Jamie Hewlett. Just followed Adult Swim on Instagram. Wow. Do you think that it's possible? Is this possibly a hint? That's, I, you know, after, after the whole, after our whole out of body thing, I don't want to get my hopes up. I know, right? Yeah. But that would be a great home for a gorilla's cartoon. You want, you, all you want, it doesn't even matter if they end up on a network where they can say fucking shit or whatever, because they can always put the, the web versions up unbleeped. You just want to make sure that they find a home where the artist is king and they have creative control. And wouldn't it be great for a Gorillaz animated series to wind up on um, Adult Swim like 10 years, like 17 years after uh, they got such um, a good amount of pro- yeah, a good amount of promotion from Toonami? That'd be yeah. I'd love to see things come full circle like that. That's a, that's a very Campbellian end to that that whole journey that they went on. Hell yeah. Hero's journey. <laughs> 2D just found his way into another corporate promotion love those gorillas commercials <laughs> this one was fun though it was for um nike's uh chelsea fc's new uniforms or something like that i'm not really <laughs> yeah, a sports so, guy it's so weird because it's like it starts off with uh with 2d giving some kind of oh i found a pair of keys and it turned out that it was to the chelsea football club locker room Woo! he's like really excited about it who's doing his voice acting again now by the way he sounds really weird i know kevin i can't remember his last name um he sounds so weird and it's just, it feels off brand to me like would 2d give a shit about like meeting his favorite footballer Does yes t- yes no british people fucking love football like yeah, without exception British people go like ape shit for this stuff. I wasn't surprised I at know. all. I don't know. It felt it felt like a little. It felt too knuckleheady to me. And it's got this guy David Louise, who I'm told is famous, famous footballer David Louise. But no, check this out. This is like you want to talk about killing like multiple birds with single stones. This was a commercial for Nike, Chelsea Football Club, 
and Yokohama tires. Like it was. Yeah, it's a all- triple feature. This is kind of like the uh, do you thing of uh, Gorilla's corporate promotion. I don't care because I understand that every time they do this, that's just more money in the bank to do awesome Gorilla shit. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It is just so funny how like every week I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be any news this week. And then invariably, oh, no, this company did something. We have a commercial Gorillas. to talk about. <laughs> the new G-Mixes went out. That's cool. I haven't listened to any of them. I don't know if I, I, I kind of skimmed and scanned. I mean, it was kind of the usual mix of like, you know, Murdoch likes rock music and noodle. Russell's uh, Sound of Chicago mix does sound very intriguing. I'm going to have to give a listen to that one. That was much cooler. So that's not on Spotify. That's on SoundCloud. Okay. That's a whole different thing. That's like a, that's like when Noodle did her badass women mix on SoundCloud. It's like the same thing. There's Remy Kabaka does voice acting on this. Very mix. cool. Russell doesn't get enough love. I agree, and it's all Chicago artists, which makes me speculate. Maybe Twilight Tone had something to do with the the sequencing of that mix. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And then um, the only other thing I think worth mentioning there is 2D included sleeping powder on his own mix, which I, I know you were kind of tickled by. <laughs> it's a little gauche. It's very you funny. Text, you texted me uh, when it came out, and you were like, I think he's proud of it. That's what I think. I think that 2D is proud of his little song that he made, and he wants to make sure that it's on. It's, it's one of his favorite songs right now. That's what I think. And this week, we also got uh, more new music technically from the Gorillaz camp, right? Yeah. This is like, you know. Kind I, of? This could This could be on, like. H-Sides Disc 2. Maybe, yeah, something like that. So you remember when Eon, the the, the renewable energy supergiant, uh, announced their partnership and announced that there would be a solar uh, Kong Studios that's like built inside of a Winnebago? Yeah, and we were speculating that we might get like the solar-powered sequel to The Fall. Maybe, and, and so the, it was there. It was at Margate. You could... For a, a small portion of the day, you could like line up and do a little tour of it. And then at one point, the door shut and three artists went inside to legitimately use it as a recording studio while Demon Days Festival was happening. And who were those three artists? Big names, Trevor. <laughs> there's a, okay, so there's a lady named uh, Lao Ra. And she did vocals. Uh huh. And then there's Lully, who provided some beats. And then there's Throwing Shade. With some drums. I don't know how those are. I guess Beats and drums. You need the drums and the beats. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Throwing Shade is a great artist name, though, by the way. It is, for sure. Yeah. And the song is called Frequency No Dormir. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was mixed by Steve Sedgwick at Studio 13, so that goes a long way towards towards making it, you know, a, a piece of official gorilla's paraphernalia. Yeah, and like you said, it was actually recorded in that shitty little trailer at uh, Margate during the Demon Days Festival. Did you listen to the tune? Did you listen to I the... I did. You know what? I thought it was pretty cool. It kind of yeah. reminded me of some, like, uh, Balearic beat stuff that you might have heard uh, probably, like, while well, Chill Wave was kind of big, like, from, like, oh, JJ sure. or something like that. It yeah, was pretty it's... cool, though. It's a real summer jam. I could definitely see returning to this one. Yeah, it's got, like, an EDM-flavored Latin pop thing that's, like... Do we want to... Very catchy. Do we want to play a second of that? Yeah, let's 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 throw a little bit of that up on the episode. That's a good hook. That's a good hook. Just, in my I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's very bouncy. And, uh, and you know, the song being what it is, I mean, it, it was kind of funny, like, reading SoundCloud comments on it, mostly love, and then a couple of, like, this sucks, where's Damon, and then, but what's <laughs> even better, Trevor, than the, than the naysayers are the, are the weird musical white knights, the people who step up 
to defend the honor of what they see as a, as a track that's being needlessly disparaged. So like I said, there was like two people who were saying, I don't like this. And then somebody else posted, I love this, somebody else posted, God, people are so negative. I actually really like this, unlike everyone else on the planet. <laughs> you know, I think there's also like a like a naturally occurring law of the universe where if you click on any uh, web hosting of a gorilla song, there will like, without a doubt, 100% be somebody there saying that there's not enough Damon Auburn. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Like, if he if he did a Bobby McFerrin album that was just a Damon acapella album, they would still be there saying that. I don't know. My, what I'm more interested to know is, does this end now, or is, does Solar Kong make an appearance whenever gorillas are headlining a festival? Is that how it's going to work? I don't know. That's a good question. Wouldn't it be cool if they set one of these up at, like, every one of their shows on the tour? That'd be awesome. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's coming soon. The North American Humans Tour kicks off in three days. Three days? That's sick. Starts with Quebec, and then it goes to, to Chicago. So, I mean, you know, it's 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 happening man this thing is happening. i can't wait i can't wait for us to see him in october but it would be cool it'd be cool if, if even if it's just festival dates if if you know a few lower tier like local artists got to go make a track in that thing and you have like a little ep at the end of all of it you know yeah why not that'd be pretty cool i'm all for it i'm all for yeah. it I, I think there might be if you go to eon's facebook page there was at one point but there might still be you can watch like a little live stream of those artists making that song in real time in the studio which is kind of cool any more news to uh, talk about, or did you uh, you had one more thing you wanted to bring up, right? Yeah, okay. This is awkward a little bit, Trevor. I think I can speak for both of us. We love making this show, and we, no matter what, are going to continue to make this show. Oh, it's like the highlight of my week. You know, it's it definitely takes some time and effort. Like, I, I did the math. It's probably be- between 10 and 20 hours of our week goes into the research and note creating and post-production and recording. And social media, you know, wrangling. Yeah, your, your Sundays are basically, like, gone, right? More or less, and that's fine. You you basically have a part-time job that requires you to work a very long shift every Sunday. And that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I like yeah. doing it. I'll continue to do it as a volunteer. It's a labor I, of love. I never need to profit off of the show ever. But uh, lately, I've been a little bit, <laughs> not irritated, I don't know what the word is, a little bit discouraged by the fact that I have to keep dumping money into the show to pay for our hosting if i could tap into you guys for anything it would be to maybe alleviate some of that burden so that i don't have to feel like you know every month i'm looking at my credit card statement and going like oh that thing that i've already been spending so much time on is costing me all this money so we we decided we were we put up a patreon it's very bare bones it's just patreon.com slash hallelujah monkeys with a z uh we don't have any kind of goals up yet maybe in the future we'll have some kind of patreon content or something we're not even setting a goal my my feeling is if we can if we make 10 cents this month that's 10 cents i don't have to spend on our hosting so don't feel guilty if you can't give anything don't worry about it at all it's really not anything i expect from any of you but if you feel like you want to throw in a few pennies here or there uh to to go towards our hosting that would be totally awesome just go to patreon.com slash hallelujah monkeys maybe down the road we'll do something fun with it but for now it's just a it's just a little collection hat that gets passed around like at the end of a really shitty basement show we are we are kind of yeah we're kind of the diy scene of the uh gorillas fandom aren't we yeah oh i saw this one guy he was just he just sang and played a theremin I've definitely been to a couple shows like that. That's us. We're that guy. So yeah, that'd be cool if uh, anybody could help out. But if not, just continue enjoying the content. Free and of we'll charge. keep making it. We'll keep making it. I'm not yeah, going. I'm not going broke 
paying for the hosting for this show, so don't worry about it. If we don't raise a thin red cent, Hallelujah Monkeys is in no danger of dying. Don't worry about it. So now that that's over, you want to um, take a take a seat at the round table and talk about <laughs> these uh, DVDs we're going to be discussing this week? <laughs> yeah, let's review some DVDs, Trevor. All right, here we go. This is how multiple personality disorders start, gentlemen. I'm going to stuff you full of pills now. So, Dylan, do you uh, do you happen to know what my um, second favorite Daft Punk album is? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna let me try to make an educated guess. I think it's probably Random Access Memories. No, it's actually um homework. But do you know what my absolute least favorite thing to do for my Gorillas podcast is? <laughs> I'm gonna guess homework. Also homework. And I think this is the episode that has required the uh, most staggering amount of homework so far. Good Lord. Because I don't know if any of our listeners have like stayed up till one a.m. Watching uh, people click through DVD menus on YouTube. Good Lord. It's absolutely thrilling. I mean, here's the thing. I own both. Uh, let me get it out of the way. We're doing two DVDs today. We're, we're, we're reviewing their content. That is Phase 1 Celebrity Takedown, which was released in November of 2002. And Phase 2 Slobo to Hades, which was uh, released October in... of 2006. Thank you. No problem. Uh, and I want to say right away, thank you to YouTube user Murdoch the Knob. I, I own vis- physical copies of both of these, but they are in a storage unit, and I was not about to make my dad go dig through storage in the June heat to mail me my copies of these fucking Gorillaz DVDs. So. Yeah, mine are on the uh, other side of the country, along with my copy of Rise of the Ogre. So, yeah. But we were so fortunate to have uh, uh, easy access to all this stuff uh, on YouTube. Or were we? This was rough, Trevor. It was. I wasn't sure if I was ever looking at the best hosting of these things. I didn't know if, like, somebody was missing something. Like, I swear to God there was more content on these DVDs than I remember seeing this weekend, but... And yet, even though they seem thin, they're also interminable. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Let me start out by saying this. 2002 was a very different time. Um, Seriously, like, I can't believe bands used to put out DVDs. I know. I used to own... I owned several DVDs that were just collections of music videos back in the day. The music industry was so... is so different now. And that's the thing. With a band like Gorillaz, like, sure, you could go on to Gorillaz.com and watch the uh, videos, but you'd be watching them in, like, QuickTime or RealPlayer. They'd be so low bitrate, even if you clicked the high-quality version. So it, it was no way to live. Having them on, in DVD quality, on it was that was enough for the sale price. And the fact that they were these elaborate, interactive tours of Kong Studios was, like, icing on a cake but nowadays it feels a lot going through these dvds feels a lot like climbing mount everest to read your email or like um kind of crawling through a big tunnel of people's legs and they're just like spanking you the entire time (laughs) right and it's and it's some kind of some kind of unfavorable gauntlet but it's the idea it's like it's it's work versus reward you know yeah Uh, Yeah. and it's like it's very lovingly curated like a lot of work went into these dvds for sure but i mean and there were some real gems to excavate here too that's true absolutely that's true but it's just it's just kind of like good god i mean one one thing is that the dvd format in general is is no way to experience any kind of uh, no interactive real-time game (laughs) another thing that made this really hard to watch on youtube or even just research in general is um there are little easter eggs in the phase one dvd that only happen if you sit just leave it 
dormant for like yes a good minute namingly in in celebrity takedown if you wait long enough in any room you kind of die in that room yeah like they kick a, you out and yeah they kill you and it just a, like a good chunk of this was just staring at the same scene waiting for one of these to happen waiting for one of these to happen i know oh my god okay waiting for the world to start again anyway okay well let's just get into the like, we got to get through them so let's talk about it let's so you want to you want to start with phase one celebrity takedown yeah can we talk about the little intro that plays at the beginning of it yeah the uh the uh we get a little bit of um some spooky music with um some cool little uh, maybe a little rudimentary uh cgi helicopters flying over uh a spooky landscape towards kong studios while uh some is that dawn of the dead dialogue or something plays in the background it might be from from dawn of the dead i kind of like that music though i mean it's simple but i wonder do you think that it's possible that that would date back to like a, a self-titled session or something like that maybe yeah was it a damon auburn composition who knows it also sounds like it could have just been sampled from some kind of horror movie soundtrack definitely also could have been my head canon is that that is the el manana helicopter <laughs> right it's all, all it all goes right back to the beginning i also had that thought <laughs> and then it dumps you into the lobby where the only detail I, I i'd like to point out in that is that there's got it's got like a little red led ticker in the in the lobby kiosk and it just says could Greg please report to reception? No problem. No problem. And then it goes on a loop. Do you think he ever did? Uh, I don't know, but who the fuck is Greg? Because I I try I dug deep into all of the lore resources that I had, and I could not figure out who the fuck Greg was. I don't think it's Dr. Wurzel, who we'll be get talking about soon. God, fucking Dr. Wurzel. Great unsolved mysteries of the gorillas canon. If you happen to know who Greg is, tweet at us. Because there's several references to Greg on this DVD. Uh, I do love Groove Bones, though. I love his little his little jumping pose and his big skeletal smile. I love Groove Bones. A great, iconic Jamie Hewlett drawing. And the jukebox is kind of like interactable, right? That's how you uh, can view the music videos? Yeah, because they understand that you're mostly buying this DVD to watch the gorillas music videos. So you can just watch them all from here. And they're also kind of scattered throughout the different band member rooms yeah so you can just flip through them real quick if you don't want to go on this whole adventure through the band studio now in lieu of the fact so so here's the thing phase one kong studios was a fucking masterpiece gorillas.com phase one kong studios and i think phase two was also but i mean just especially for being so ahead of the curve for it being 2002 and what the equivalent band website looked like at that time Gorillas was just so far ahead of the curve. And it really is such an investment in this project. Like, it would have been so easy for Damon and Jamie to just make an album with some uh, little videos, but they really went above and beyond here in, like, giving the fans a kind of own fictional universe to explore. There's so much lore here. I would say that that the two great masterworks of Jamie Hewlett in the Gorillas project are the plastic beach model and the phase one Kong studios website. Like I think that both of those are such wonderful, wonderfully realized visions. And the fact that, that they're not sufficiently archived anywhere kind of leaves you with celebrity takedown as the next best thing. And it's a far shot. Unfortunately, it's not nearly as fun to explore as, as that website was, but there is still plenty of cool stuff to look at here. So uh, you want to start taking a tour of the rooms and talk about what's in each one of those. Okay. Let's go to noodles room first. Cause that was the first first stop noodles room kind of, about what you'd expect uh do you do you have a description of it ready to go because like kind of yeah it's like it's got a very open floor plan it's like both cluttery and kind of positive feng shui it's got a moose's head uh mounted on the wall do you think that's the moose from the 192000 video i think it's a little kind of too small right that one was like the size of like the world trade center 
Yeah, that's a good point. The details that go into each member's rooms are just so perfect and in character. It really does show a great like devotion on Jamie's part to really nailing down who each of these band members are. Each room has a music video uh, and a gorilla's bite, but we're going to talk about those after we get through the room. We're just going to do them right. All and along with the music videos, it usually has like um, an animatic for the video as well as um, I don't know how to describe the other thing. Was it like almost like kind of like a CGI model test? Yeah, the way that that the DVD calls them is it calls the what we would call an animatic a storyboard, and it calls the weird oh. CGI test an animatic. But I don't know if right. that's gotcha technically true but yeah it kind of does like an a rough edit of of the digital artwork and then like also the storyboard so so they've paired videos and gorillas bites to band member rooms right trevor yes for the most part i think the gorillas bites are really well paired like each one makes sense you know like for example we're in noodles room right now so game of death is the gorillas bite that plays it's very it's very noodle focused very noodle centric uh, yeah but you, uh, you thought the music videos were a little kind of weirdly paired yeah, off, Yeah, I right? don't know about that, because like, cause cause Tomorrow Comes Today is in Noodle's Room, which, I mean, that's kind of, that's got to be 2Ds, Yeah, and all. considering um, Noodle, we should just say now, 192000 is in 2Ds Room, right? Yeah, 192000 is in 2Ds Room, which he doesn't hardly do anything in that video, versus Noodle, Noodle sings. Noodle sings the chorus, yeah. The chorus of 192000, I mean, I don't know, that's weird. And there's already a moose in a room. I don't know. Nineteen two thousand does have like kind of upbeat, kind of little synth, shitty sound that two D would love to experiment with. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, but no, I would definitely say that one does belong more in Noodles' room. I wonder if it's just because they wanted the room order to match release order, but still, I think they should have they should have paired it better. I do love Noodles' room; it looks fantastic. Yes. Uh, okay, so then let's describe what happens when you wait in Noodles' room too long. So. You see a static, and then the the face, the haunting visage of Dr. Wurzel appears in the static, uh, and then a hand grabs at your face. I think it's supposed to be a zombie hand, but it looks just like Jamie pointed a video camera at their own hand and kind of swiped it. It, does, it looks very corny. It, looks it very reminded corny. me of the Floor Masters from Legend of Zelda, like those things that oh, would sure. kind of descend from the floor and toss you out of the dungeon but you know you see you see there are a lot of hands that grab at you in other dust scenes but they're always animated this one is like this one looks like high school homemade horror movie style you know what i mean spend all the budget on those g-bites let's talk about murdoch winnebago okay that's probably my favorite um well maybe not my absolute favorite but this is definitely a highlight of the kong studios landscape for sure well, you know, I loved Murdoch's Winnebago on Gorillas.com. I just don't like how kind of narrow the shot is on the DVD. Like, you just kind it of would are, be nice if we could see more of it. Yeah, you're just kind of looking down on his bed, and like you do get a little, a good little pan of it when they do like an animation of you walking into the Winnebago, you know, mm-hmm. and you get to see like his stash of of booze, and you get to see his big cardboard standee of Pazuzu. And uh, I wish that they'd given us a better view. I don't know. Right, but there's some cool stuff to look at here. For example, we have like uh, pretty much every big major piece of art from the phase, I think. That was impressive, yeah. So like you that can click on cool. Murdoch's laptop and scan through a bunch of phase one artwork, and there's some really cool ones in there. I think my favorite piece is probably that one from the Tomorrow Comes Today single uh, insert, where it's like, it's very uh, Drew Struzan Star Wars poster influence, where you've got like a caped Murdoch who's very big, and then like a composite of the other band members kind of placed within him. Yeah, with the crow on his arm. That one is cool. But in here, we've got the Clint Eastwood music video and associated storyboards and animatics. The only thing I want to point out here is, um, I think I was on the storyboard. There was just a 
in little parentheses on one board, it says limited animation, <laughs> which would kind of become the creed, creed for gorillas uh, maybe two phases later. But could you imagine Trevor being like, I want to look at some gorillas art. I'll put in this DVD into my <laughs> DVD player. Like, thank God we live in the present and not in the past. The gorillas bite here is the eel. That, of course, is a good Murdoch feature, so that makes good sense. My favorite one, probably. This is my favorite death sequence. If you wait long enough in the Winnebago, it fills up with a, a mysterious green slime, and you you drown in it, which is kind of cool. I don't even want to think about what that is in context of Murdoch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But then we go into 2D's room, which is my favorite. I love all the keyboards on the walls. Yeah, so cool. He's got synthesizers all over the walls. He's got that shrine to the Dalai Lama. like his Right, and his G-byte is also uh, free to bat, which is kind of the most minimalist one. It's just kind of 2D sitting in a little protest <laughs> with some monks chanting in the background. Yeah, I looked uh, on that shrine, Trevor, to see if I could find a picture of a monk with a giant bell above him, but I could not. That wouldn't come till later, I guess. I Here's one no- one thing I noticed, though. In the bottom right, there's a... <laughs> There's a full ashtray, uh, what I'm 85% sure is a lamp, and then what I'm 40% sure might be a Polaroid of controversial gorilla's tertiary figure, Paula Cracker. Interesting. I missed that. I didn't know she was hidden over here. Might be, might be a Polaroid of Paula Cracker. Might be, a, might be a little Polaroid of Paula Cracker. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Might be a little Polaroid of Paula Cracker. <laughs> Peter Piper picked a Polaroid of Paula Cracker. And then you got a video of 192,000 animatics. Uh, there's that weird little on the set of 192,000 video, though. Which makes uh, 2D look like a total douchebag. Yeah, he's talking about a Chinese action movie director he likes named John Poo. Is that right? Is that what he's doing? Who I assume is John Woo. The guy right. who uh, always throws a bunch of birds in his gunfights, right? Yeah, and one shot Chow Yun Fat jumping out of a window with a naked baby who was peeing on him as he shot people uh, in the house that he was jumping out of. <laughs> <laughs> but then Murdoch's Winnebago zooms by, and whoever's driving it chucks a beer can at Murdoch, at Murdoch Nichols' head. Who's completely unfazed. Yeah, he barely notices. But this yeah. sets up, Trevor, a running theme of this DVD which is the storied Find Murdoch's Winnebago campaign. Which is incredibly compelling. <laughs> it was a phase one, I don't want to say contest, because there was certainly no prize associated with it. And I doubt many people uh, were competing. Okay, so here's what, you remember I mentioned Dr. Wurzel earlier, the mysterious yeah. Dr. Let's, Wurzel? Let's talk about this guy, right? Because I feel like I have a very, very slim grasp on who this character is. <laughs> I think that the in the in universe description is uh not much is known about Dr. Wurzel other than that he is a doctor and he is a Wurzel. So he is a real doctor at least. Yeah, that's true. Uh and he at the time had a tie in GeoCities page, uh, which is still archived. I sent it to you, Trevor. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. It was kind of cool for his time. This was right around the time that 192000, the single, came out, okay? Okay. Uh, but you could go to that that page uh, and listen to Ghost Train from that page as a .asf file. What is it? What's a .asf? I don't know. What connection does Dr. Wurzel have to Ghost Train? What's well, he stole a bunch of shit. He stole the Winnebago, and he found demo tapes. That's the, that's the theory. Okay, and Ghost Train is technically, canonically, I think, the first uh, track Gorillaz demoed, right? And he even says, this is the first Gorilla song, and it's going to be a B-side in the upcoming single, Rock the House. He says there on, the, on the webpage. 
Uh, but then you keep scrolling down, Trevor. There's a few images, and then is the real meat of the whole endeavor, which is that gorillas were like, "Help find Murdoch's Winnebago," and basically they gave you the asset, which was Murdoch's Winnebago with a transparency layer behind it, and just said, "Murdoch's Winnebago dot PNG." Yeah, exactly, and and just said like, you know, Photoshop this shit onto other shit. Very advanced, very futuristic. <laughs> very is that how it wound up on Mars? Digital jazz. Yeah, maybe it is. So basically, you just have a gallery of like six pages of images of the Winnebago on different in different contexts. Here are three notable ones that I uh, that I wanted to mention. Uh, it was spotted orbiting the Death Star. Um, you could even see it. Uh, enjoying a, a newspaper comic with Calvin and Hobbes. Good. Uh, and it was even shown uh, parked on top of Pam Anderson's butt. Okay. Is this compelling? Was that compelling? <laughs> let's go to Russell's room. <laughs> let's go to Russell. Well, first, let's die. If you hang out in, in uh, 2D's room long enough, so the big Dalai Lama shrine, like, turns around like a false bookcase, you know, in a in a, in a supervillain or superhero's uh lair yeah uh, and there's a nude dr wurzel playing a pipe organ and he like laughs creepily plays the organ and then a bunch of zombie hands rip you up or whatever why is this in 2d's room like why all the dr wurzel stuff here i don't know wouldn't it make more sense if it was in the winnebago right you know what ours is not to question zombie flesh eaters i guess not but yeah <laughs> russell's room um you get all the rock the house stuff in there yeah, I don't, I'm not cool enough to know who that picture is of uh, the bald guy on the wall. Do you know who that is? No, I, I think it was in like the YouTube comments uh, in one of the videos I watched. I probably should have jotted that down. I don't know. I'm not cool enough. I'm sure it was a great reference. Sorry, everybody. If you know who that is, tweet at us. I do love that there's a giant Dagwood sandwich with a PlayStation 1 in it. That's a, that's a nice touch. Very good. Kind of a boring room. I don't know. It does have the jump the gut uh, G-Byte, which is fun. And a good feature for Russell, so that makes sense. Who does Del's voice in that? Maybe the worst Del the Funky Homo Sapien impressionist of all time? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Whoa! He's coming in way overweight! Like, what are you it. doing? He's been texting catering all day. He sounds like Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, oh, if you hang out, two hands push on a metal door, and then it flies off and hits you in the head and you die. Um, let's talk about the cinema. Right, here's where you can uh, watch the Live at the Brits uh, performance. The thing that's in the middle, the middle feature is the big thing, but it's sandwiched by a live version of Clint Eastwood with the fancy CGI band members and Phi Life Cypher doing the rap, right? Which is probably still my favorite, like, televised gorillas performance. It's really good. and then, It's really good. The characters all look great. They're doing, like, cool stuff. I, I love that version they put together. That's a combination of, like, actual live footage and the, like, CGI, like, you know, just straight to it. And then what's the third video, Trevor? What's the third, third video? Is it the other Clint Eastwood live it's performance? It's the other live performance of the same fucking song. So almost identical. So close to being an identical performance that, like, I even had to jump back and forth just to make sure that they were different. Well, the difference mainly is that it has, like, a Mandarin Chinese rap, right? Yes, that's the main difference. But in the middle there, Charts of Darkness. Okay, let me just say, let me just say something to you, Trevor. Charts of Darkness is a 22-minute mockumentary about gorillas. Right. Uh, I watched it last night. I watched it immediately preceding this recording. It was very late when I watched it. Okay. And I believe that watching this documentary 
and taking notes about this documentary was the nadir of my Hallelujah Monkeys experience. Really? <laughs> I think it was the least fun I've ever had making this show. <laughs> I loved this. I had a horrible time with this. Trevor, I had such a bad time with them. You don't like Charts of Darkness? No, and I did. I used to love it. I mean, I remembered enough of the parts that I'm like, I'm sure I watched this a dozen times. See, I'm Ugh. completely on the opposite side. I forgot this existed, and I had no idea. When I, like, when I, when I went into it this time, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, a bunch of dry talking about, like, oh, yes, an animated band to combat the manufactured pop stars. Like, you know, the narrative that we've been told again. And again. No, it's a totally different narrative. It's a side lore. It's a it's a lore that is not the band's lore. This and probably isn't gonna be super compelling for somebody who's a fan of Gorillas the animated band, but if you are a fan of Damon Alburn and Jamie Hewlett, you are in for a very good time, I think. The only thing I like about it is that it posits this alternate, you know, universe lore for the band of like two men who have lost their mind. It's so good. I love this. I can't believe you don't like it. What's, what don't you like about it? <sighs> okay, first of all, the endless cutaways to Gorillaz videos. This is a 22-minute a tw- a documentary with maybe 12 minutes of documentary in it. Like, they they certainly did not break their fucking backs making this thing because they're just like, oh, they're cutting to a needle drop of Clint Eastwood. Oh, it's still going. Oh, it's still going. I that didn't that didn't bother me that much. They don't last that long. That's okay. You're allowed to be fucking wrong because it's the <laughs> worst. Anyway, okay. Let me talk about other things that I'm not crazy about with this. So okay, because after you do this, I'm gonna go through a list of things I like adored here. So feel free to get the hate out. Okay, so it was it was hosted by a, a, a British news presenter named uh, uh, Kershnan Guru Murthy. He's a a Channel Four news presenter and. Uh, and he's most famous, Trevor, for needling the shit out of Robert Downey Jr. in an interview until he stormed out, which became a big viral hit when it happened. Go look that up on YouTube. Yeah, and that's kind of his thing. His thing is he's a he's a sniveling little he wants those he wants your clicks. So he's gonna try to fucking Diane Sawyer his way <laughs> into getting your clicks. And I don't like him in this. Like I don't buy him as as I'm a real newscaster slumming it doing a little sketch i don't like him at all okay (laughs) he irritates me okay this is serving two masters it's kind of trying to actually give you some background on gorillas and spin a yarn about two men who've gone insane and believe that cartoon characters are out to get them and some of the in-character stuff is fun like there's a there's a detective who's played quite deliciously by phil cornwell who, who's murdoch nicole's so voice actor good. and the and the murdoch accent does come out of him too which is great the fake therapist character just annoyed the shit out of me i don't like him and then also they drag the editor of some fashion magazine called dazed and confused into trying to do a little sketch with them and boy he, he could not look less comfortable <laughs> he could not i loved look. that though yeah i don't know i think the main thing is just that this felt so long to me like because of all the cutaways because of the like the wink wink nudge nudge of it all i was just like all right all right guys make it 11 minutes don't make it 24 minutes so some things i really liked here uh one the several cutaways to this jamian character okay what the fuck there's two of them there's only two cutaways <laughs> but they are great moments nonetheless I, I think uh in the beginning they say that uh before they became they came up with the idea for a, a virtual band 
they uh, had come up with a character that was supposed to be their, the darkest elements of their personalities merged into one, and it would be this character called Jamian. And they cut away to, I don't know who this is, but some kind of figure almost kind of made up to be like a, like almost like a Victorian creepy dude. And he just goes, I'm bleeding. And then they immediately cut away again. It looks like something that you might see in like a uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber stage musical, like some kind right. of a monster. That's, that's a very good description. And then again, when they're seeing the therapist, he brings it up again and they cut to the, the Jamie character once more. And he says, I can smell them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. But you know who first brings it up is uh, Tony Wadsworth of, of EMI, right. who signed Gorillas, And by the way, who now is Sir Tony Wadsworth. Good for him. Uh, in addition to signing Gorillas, Trevor, he also signed Blur and Gasp Radiohead. So he very much has earned his Sir, in my he's opinion. An intro- he's an influential figure on, uh, on alternative music, I guess. Sure Something is. else I really liked was um, when they were asking... Uh, Damon and Jamie, who the biggest influences are in the band are, uh, Terry Hall from the specials pops up uh, in the middle of the screen. And he goes, I am the biggest influence on gorillas. And then he just disappears. <laughs> and they put a little uh, tag under, his, uh, under, under him and it says, Terry, don't call me Scarface, Hall. That was the best laugh I had on the whole doc, for sure. Just everything like Jamie brings to this uh, performance as well is so good. There's the smearing the burgers on the wall. What about, I think the corniest part of, let's just talk briefly about Jamie Hewlett and Damon Albarn actors, because they're pushed to their limits as performance artists on this documentary. I think the cor- the single corniest moment in the whole thing for me, Trevor, is when you hear a tape of them explaining that they're in danger because this animated band is out for them. And, uh, and Damon with fear in his voice goes, they've just sent us this tape in the post. It's called yes. the gorilla's bite. <laughs> <laughs> so corny. What else do I like here though? I like, um, when the therapist says like, I think you play behind screens because you don't want people to see what a monster you have become. That leads to one of the most interesting things that Damon actually says in the stock, which is, uh, they're not playing behind screens. They're playing behind characters, which I think that was, was very profound. That's a nice that's a nice way of looking at it. But what about when the therapist starts farting for no reason, Trevor? Any <laughs> thoughts on that? What are you any thoughts? Well, I think I also really enjoyed when they were actually listing the uh influences on the Gorilla's cartoon characters. And uh Jamie gives a little list that is Keith Richards, a baddie from Scooby Doo, couple stormtroopers, mm-hmm. Peter Fowl, Brian Hardy, Matthew Kelly, and Darth Vader. What about, so there's one shot when, when Damon and Jamie have gone fully insane of them being wheeled down a, a creepy hospital on a gurney. Yeah. Uh, and, and Damon does his insane laugh. No, it, I just said, isn't that Jamie? No, no, no. The, the big loud one is definitely Damon. I, I replayed okay. it several times to make sure. It sounds like the De La Soul laugh. Dude, it sounds so Ink. much like Maceo's Feel Good Ink laugh. It is exactly the same. Do you think that he might have coached them? Might have coached Maceo to do what damon considers to be like a crazy laugh you think they just showed him this clip from uh charts of darkness over and over again no i don't (laughs) (laughs) hey daylight soul can you come in here real quick (laughs) (laughs) you know what my single favorite part of the whole documentary is actually trevor tell you tell me because then i'm gonna tell you mine it's the it's at the end the interview with the Watkins brothers the guys who actually helped design kong studios website right where that little candid moment where matt Watkins goes uh, I'm the webmaster, and then he just starts laughing really hard. He goes, I hate that term. 
That's my favorite part. My favorite part is that incredible shot of Damon and Jamie in the uh, geep at the end. Oh, yeah, where they're hanging out in the geep. Posed exactly like 2D and Murdoch. I think it's like a real moment. Like, it's really cool. Like, I love that kind of shit. Perhaps it's only been equaled in recent memory when Damon threw on the mocap to dance around as 2D for the sleeping powder video. Have we confirmed that? Yes, he said it in a, in a uh, I believe, a Portuguese magazine. Wonderful. Yep. Wonderful. That's, that's Damon's dad dancing all over that Our video. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, also, I love the shot of the gongs when he does, he uses the little gongs that we saw in the Let's Get Dirty session. The little, the cymbal clap, right? At the yeah, end the, of the, uh, love that. He got the symbols in into the documentary that Dan the Automator wouldn't let him use in that song. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, I also like Damon's quote, I find delivery of misinformation to be as valid as delivery of information. That's like straight up some Banksy shit or something. Yeah, for sure, isn't it? Yeah. Also, I, I liked the prescient quote, it remains to be seen whether Jamie and Damon will be able to, re- to resist returning to the spotlight in the future. <laughs> Three Answer, phases later, we know how that worked out. No, no, they like it. They enjoy that spotlight. Yeah. I'm, that was a rough sit, though, man. That was hard to get through. I really enjoyed it. I'm probably going to, I would, I would definitely recommend anybody who's a fan of gorillas and especially if you're a fan of the Damon and Jamie side of the project to go out and watch it. Maybe I'll give it another shot when I'm like a little bit more refreshed and in a better mood. Maybe I was just not in the right mood to go along with it. I can see this. If this was like the last uh, piece of research you did for this podcast, I could seriously see why you would have been worn down. And then if you hang out in the cinema long enough, some zombie hands pop out of those posters and then you get grabbed by more zombie hands. Hooray. Let's do the the bathrooms. Yeah, I, got, I could use the toilet real quick. In here, we've got the uh, kid robot toys, and uh, which links to the Hey, Our Toys Have Arrived. Hey, Our Toys uh, Have Arrived. G-bite. There's a prominent graffito. Is that the singular graffiti? I think so. That reads Greg on the wall. More Greg. What, is, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? And uh, the only thing really of interest here, though, is uh, the 5-4 animatic for the abandoned music video. Yes, of extreme interest, which I think we'll probably talk about in more detail on a future, like, you know, B-side videos episode. But I do just want to say that earlier in the Hallelujah Monkeys Discord, the, the greatest place on the internet, somebody said, why didn't they put the one gorilla bite with a Nazi swastika on this DVD but Murdoch's dick was totally fine to show uncensored. The answer, Trevor, of course, is that it's because penises are beautiful and natural. Yeah, of course. And swastikas are not. Especially Murdoch's. Especially Murdoch's. <laughs> Do you think the 5-4 animatic is in the toilets because it's um, kind of shit that they wanted to flush away? It's not a good video. It would not no. have been a good video. There's actually no. a, a really well-done fan version of this where like a... a an independent gorillas fan on YouTube animated it, so you get to kind of see what it might have looked like in motion in its full glory. Uh, there wasn't a lot to it, though. They, they, Jamie was thinking very small. Just thank God 5-4 wasn't a single. Ugh, no kidding. So the only thing left to do is go through the server room, take a spin on the uh, Kong Studios computers. Yeah, so the, the desktop image, Trevor, is the eye from HAL 9000 from 2001, but... The computer is not HAL 9000, it is MEL 9000. So no threat of being pushed out of an airlock? No. So you, you can from here you can access the screensavers. And then there's a video here, Trevor, written by Cass Brown, uh, a computer-narrated, a MEL 9000-narrated tour of Kong Studios. I, I think I linked it to you earlier today. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. 
I didn't watch that. It is 11 minutes long. Yep. Jesus Christ. Mel 9000's like text to speech voice is a little bit grating. Over 11 minutes? Really? Yeah, it doesn't exactly hold up, but I got to tell huh. you, I, I was fine with it because it was just so cool to see that much of the website in motion again. Yeah. The writing was like so-so. It mostly is kind of like one joke over and over again, which is that Mel 9000 hates everything, complains about everything. But I just had some like little nostalgia surges. Like I loved seeing the Chatomatic in in uh, action. Or Yeah, that fucking takes me back. There's one shot of the Phase 1 official message board, Trevor, uh, which made me go look to see if there was an, a Wayback Machine archived page of the Phase 1 official message board. Uh, there is one archive page, and a prominent thread on it is uh, Gorilla's fan mourning the passing of George Harrison. <laughs> My sweet lord. The the definite uh, highlight of that whole tour, though, is do you remember in 2D's room, there's an action figure who hits himself in the face with his big purple penis? He's like got blonde hair. Now, yeah, now I do. And Bell 9000 loves it. He He keeps clicking, and he goes, that really is rather good. Again. That's the best part. Oh, and then if you wanted a little bit of closure, uh, he mentions that Murdoch's Winnebago was stolen, and then he goes, eventually, it was found in America last June. The end! I was in suspense the entire time. What what else is in here? We've got um some live visuals, right? There's something for 5.4, which is kind of like a swagger uh, precursor, where you see the kind of... Yeah, and same for M1A1. Yep. But then, kind of, I guess the... I guess the, the centerpiece is that if you click on this little vent uh you kind of tumble through it you walk through a freezer where a bunch of frozen corpses of classic phase one uh kong studios characters can be seen such as you should you should google them beatbox bandit or cafe cat some classic hewlett characters really developed as well yeah so deep lore deep lore uh and then a hatch opens and you see a rocket take off. I'm assuming you get burned to a crisp by its by the jet engines that spray flames in your face. But even in death, you get to enjoy this uh, the Space Monkeys take on M1A1, Lil Dub Cheffin. Which is a great track. I do love this track. I like it better than uh, M1A1, my least favorite Gorillaz song. I know you're not into M1A1, but I, I love M1A1 and I love Lil Dub Cheffin. I love them both. Who does those vocals? You know what? I know that Terry Hall does some guest vocals on at least a few songs on Like I Come Home, but I didn't do uh, research, so we'll have, to, we'll have to look into that when we get to that album. Don't call me Scarface. I won't call him, but he is the biggest influence, you know, musically on the band. Uh, Lil Dub Cheffin takes us into the credits. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing too notable. All the people nah. you expected worked on it. Zombie Flesh Eaters people. Uh... Okay, let's go through the Gorillaz Bites. Yeah, let's do it. Um, what one did we start with? A uh, fight of death, which was yeah, in game Noodles of death. Game, game of, of death. death. Yeah, game of death. Where um, that's kind of a uh, noodle dressed up as um Bruce Lee from the from the movie Game of Death. His jumpsuit. She fights uh Russell, who's dressed in an afro and sunglasses and a kind of sports jersey. I kind of thought maybe he was uh he was dressed like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Game of Death, but he's not really. Kareem had like a more traditional karate gi going on in that movie. Right, and he does a kind of sumo thing while Noodle's doing a um, karate thing, yelling like, chop, chop, kick, jab. I want to say you can see Haruka Kuroda doing some voiceover for this bite in Bananas, I want to say. Oh, that's, I guess we'll find out when we'll we find um, out. We'll get find to out. that, yeah. Then we see, uh, we see 2D and Murdoch on the couch. 2D's wearing his Hello Kinky shirt, which is a great shirt. Almost, almost as good as the, um, I would put this as number three for 2D's wardrobe behind the T-Virus shirt and shoot to, get, shoot to ill. Hello Kinky's a pretty strong one. Yeah. 
I don't love the gorillas bites. Um, you know what immediately jumped out uh, about them to me? These are really like better animated than a lot of the future gorillas music videos. I think they look, they all look beautiful. I just think the scripts weren't there. Like it feels like no. they really charged forward with kind of half baked ideas to me. And can you imagine if the budget that went into making these like pointless little videos had gone into the music videos instead? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, right. What could have been like, these are incredible looking little shorts. Like there's a lot of panoramas, but to speak of half baked. So like the synopsis of this is that noodle and Russell fight. And then it turns out to be this video game that, that 2d and Murdoch are playing, but it's very weirdly staged. Like 2d and Murdoch are in this white void on a couch. And then like, when it cuts from behind them where you should see them like watching the game on a TV, they're just kind of looking at the set of the game of death fight. So it's very confusing exactly what this bite is trying to communicate. Like I don't exactly understand it. It's absurdist humor. Yeah, I guess so. My controller's broken. I don't know. It just doesn't land. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? We the have eel. Um, the eel is next. The eel's my favorite. Let me give you a synopsis. Can I tell you a synopsis? Go ahead. Okay. Russell has asked 2D to knock out an eel because he wants to cook it, but 2D is having trouble hitting it with a mallet because it's slippery. Murdoch is annoyed by the sound, so he takes the eel and melts its face on the range, killing it. Then Russell shows up and is mad that the eel is dead for reasons that are very, very unclear. That was 2D's job. Where my eel? He wants to cook the eel. What does he care? It's so confusing. Well, he's not really mad that the eel's dead, right? He's mad that he doesn't have the eel. He's mad that it hasn't... I think it makes sense. Where <laughs> my eel at? Where my eel? Where my eel? Stop it banging. Do you think this is any in any way related to grilling with his face? The super deluxe bonus track we haven't gotten yet? Do you yet? think we're going to hear like a like a, like an EDM beat and then like a little a weird auto-tuned stop it banging or something? It's possible, yeah. Samples. Phase one samples. I do like 2D's minimalist Swell Maps t-shirt. That, he wears that reminds me of um. That reminds me of cool tapes from Homestar Runner. Next is the Free Tibet campaign. Yep, that one's pretty uneventful. Nothing really happens. The barely animated 2D sits in silent protest. Uh, I think he the blinks once, right? The Tibet Chinese Tibet by the Chinese government. What's that? Yeah, I think he blinks once, right? He blinks a couple of times. Do you want to? Do you want to get incredibly political right now and uh, describe what side of the uh, Free Tibet argument you come down on? I mean, I absolutely support Tibetan autonomy from the Chinese government. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, that there's an inability for the Chinese government to make big sweeping uh, decisions because they're they're constantly in fear of a people's revolution. So if they ever show anything approaching instability, the fear is that the people will rise up and there'll be millions dead by the end of it. I was hoping you would say no and it would have been a funny bit, but that's cool too. <laughs> well, you know, sorry, buddy. This is kind of like early signs, though, of gorillas being used as a, as a mouthpiece or a platform for, for some political uh, maneuvering. Yeah, definitely. Uh, up next is Jump the Gut. Jump the Gut, which is fun. We talked about that a little bit. I think this one's my favorite just because I love the animation. Like, I love... It's beautifully animated. That, that panorama when 2D is stuck in uh, midair, it's that's really incredible. cool looking. Yeah, totally hand-rendered. I love... I love Noodle's weird character model. Like, she looks very cartoony in this, and I really yeah. like it. Yeah. And then next is, hey, our toys have arrived. Which is another one that's kind of pointless. Yeah, so they're looking at their action figures. They're feeling weird about it. 2D doesn't like that his head bobbles. And then uh, Russell shows him that his head does bobble. Yeah, it kind of strangles him. It does have that one great shot of, like, all the random items that are flying out of 2D's, I don't know, hair, mouth, 
pockets yeah, yeah. as he's being shook uh, and like noodle just smiling like a like a weird idiot yeah the band delighting in this abusive 2d yeah they're all for it do you think that if uh, if if real noodle and russell had been around for plastic beach they would have been laughing and smiling as murdoch tortured 2d with electricity it's a good question uh is that it is that all i think them? that might be it for the jeep bites but man jamie would never i feel like he would never uh play as big a role in the girls production as he did here again like oh wait no wait i had one more thing to say about the hey our tours have arrived uh gorilla bite so when you're in the bathroom trevor and you click on the little action figures to play that bite uh russell's shirt says hoop hop like it does in the bite but because of the low uh quality of the dvd rip i thought that it said boo pop and I thought that was a fun sound. <laughs> Let's get to uh, Slobo to Hades. Okay. Yeah, a lot more money went into this, Trevor. Yeah, this one's really cool. So I, I, I do love the rendering of everything, and I love how much detail there is. I just feel like it looks soupy. It looks so grainy and so blurry that, like, picking out little things is, is frustrating to me. And it's so dark, you know, because of the because of the way Kong is being portrayed, that I've just felt like it's more straining on the eyes to look at than the first DVD was to me. I, I just love that they chose to destroy Kong. I think it's just another good example of them not being afraid to uh, change the gorilla's aesthetic with each, each stage, and I just think it's really cool. It I love cool. that little shot of the uh, demon sitting behind the desk. That really kind of makes you feel like, oh, this is a different space than... I was in last time. Yeah, and I mean, like, often you're seeing out into the out-of-doors because whole walls and floors have been ripped out of the That's guts. That's so and... cool. I mean, it was, cool. Also, it was especially cool watching one video, I mean, watching one DVD immediately following the other. You start out in the lobby, Groovebones is back, you can watch the, the music videos, and I think this time you can also watch their animatics from Groovebones, if I remember correctly. This time you get around, instead of clickable faces of all the rooms, you have like a little isometric 3D rendering of like a map of Kong. Right. And you also have a uh, quick layout of pretty much everything you can do in one easy menu. And I don't know about you, but watching whoever was recording the YouTube video that I ended up watching this on, watching them go through like nearly 30 items, my stomach Ooh. just sunk. I was like, okay. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. So the first location we go to is the outside of Kong Studios. It's It's got the rocket visual. Uh, it's got the Feel Good Inc. video and animatic. And it's got a little, I wouldn't call it a gorilla's bite, but for the for the purpose of this episode, let's call it a gorilla's bite, called uh, On the Island, Trevor. So like, as that one with the Winnebago from the 192000 shoot was to the 192000 video, so this is to the Feel Good Inc. video. So like, yes, yeah. you've got the band hanging out on Windmill Island. Murdoch is complaining, and then a bird shits in his eye. Not too much to mention, other than than nope. if you're if you're a fan of shirtless Murdoch in 2D, this is a and who isn't a feast for the eyes. A feast. Who isn't? And then it's also got the Samba 13 visual. Essential. It's just that little swooping shot of Kong from the Dare video, but like psychedelic colors have been added. Uh, and then the box office. Right. And uh, here's where you can see um, a bunch of kind of uh, cool little commercials and a few live performances. Yeah, so you got the Dirty Harry Live at the Brits, which is the kids' chorus and the, and the CG renders of the, of the band on the screens. And it's got 
the Feel Good Inc. Live at the MTV EMAs performance, which is the the hallowed Gorillas Holograms, uh, which apparently were very disappointing to be in the room for because they could barely play the audio at any volume. Also, kind of disappointing to watch on screen. I mean, this is one of the more tepid gorillas performances right yeah because like you know i mean they're playing a pre-recorded track obviously which isn't helpful uh and then you can feel the dead energy in the room just because the music has to be played so low and then on top of that you've just got not that interesting of an animated routine that the band is doing yeah i mean am i wrong 2d stops to check his phone they went for boredom maybe because it was cheaper to animate, but it just it doesn't read as very exciting. No, not at all. There's actually, th- this animation is used elsewhere on this DVD in, in a version that I much prefer watching, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Sure. Uh, then we got El Manana live in Harlem. You went to a Harlem show, didn't you? I did, yeah, and uh, still my favorite uh, incarnation of the Gorillaz live band by far. This version's kind of weird, though, because it keeps, it's like 50-50 split between the actual live performance and just the El Manana video, which is, like, yeah. kind of pointless. I mean, the El Manana video is elsewhere on this DVD, so... Yeah, I just don't need it here. They also have, uh, November Has Come in Harlem, I think. And then there's a commercial for Demon Days Live, and then there's something called Monk's Montage, which is, like, a, an edit piece of, like, phase one stuff that's been cut to left-hand Suzuki method. Not much to say mm-hmm. about that, either. Yeah. I do like the com- I do like the commercials for the Manchester DVD and uh, Demon Days album that they threw in, just in that like really ridiculous Cockney voice. Narrated by this like yeah, this like that ends with uh, it just ends with him going, "What's wrong with you?" or "What's the matter with you?" or something. <laughs> or he goes like, or he goes like, "Man, is that good enough?" or something like that. Uh, then we go to the studio. Yeah, and we meet my favorite tertiary gorilla, tertiary gorillas character, Polar Bear and Crocodile. I hated them. Oh, I love them. This I was, loved them. This was the nadir of my um, Gorillaz research experience. I loved them on the Phase 2 Kong website. I love them on the DVD. I believe that one of them, I think the Polar Bear, is voiced by Cass Brown, I think. Huh. Uh, but the my favorite one, of course, is when he goes, uh, I woke up on this couch the other day, and Lenny Kravitz has had his balls right in my face. And then the crocodile goes... That's what I'm talking about. How about that one? Um, how about that one transphobic joke about uh that one uh, member of Girls Aloud having a dick? Love it, love it. Making fun of guys who look like ladies, ladies who look like guys. It's still funny in 2017. I support it. No, not great, not great. And then there's like, then there's the one where he's like, I just crap myself. Uh, yeah. And then he goes, Ugh. and then there's, oh yeah, his his uh speedo always falls off, and you see his little penis. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I love them. Love them. They're yep. my buddies. Where are we going next? I don't know, but when the when the camera zooms into the free or the fridge and you see Sean Ryder's head, I like I got a genuine jump scare. I was like, "It's a nice touch." Fuck Sean Ryder. <laughs> I was really I was really scared about it. There's actually like some legitimately creepy stuff on these DVDs. I got to hand it to them. Yeah, they they have good at- atmosphere like a motherfucker as they say. Dare and the animatic are in this room, and then there's a there's a clip of Noodle talking about Dare and the Dare video, and like instructing you on how to do her dance moves. I must have missed this. No, it's in there, and and I don't know what it's from. It's not from Dury. It's not from We Are the Dury. It's something else. But this brings up a point. So throughout this DVD, Noodle's grasp of the English language seems to vacillate wildly. Yes. Like, sometimes it seems like she's reading phonetic English off of a cue card, and sometimes she's speaking quite eloquently about this English language album that she has apparently written by herself. Right, because there's, um, there's some pretty um, 
proficient English uh, on her part in like the feel good ink uh, commentary, I think. Yeah, but then sometimes she's like, thank you, good bio. It's like very weird. It's very yeah, weird. Gorilla band. And it's like, Ugh. it's kind of weird. But it is good to hear Haruka Kuroda. I don't know what's up with her. Is she, is she, I know she took some time off to be a mom. I don't know. Maybe. I think she's out of the project now, but I'd love to have her back. She can come back and play Noodle, right? Come on the show. Oh, yeah. She should for sure come on Halloween. Come on the show. You got the Bill Murray visual, which is a waveform of Bill Murray that slowly changes colors. Very exciting. Thrilling. (laughs) And the live video, or the live visual for kids with guns is also here. Um, And the people visual, which is a bunch of uh, circa 2005 cell phones in space with a bunch of Terry Gilliam zombie faces chattering. on. Again, incredibly compelling. Uh, yeah, one of the finest videos ever produced by the band. Winnebago? Should we go to the Winnebago? Sure, let's take a, let's uh, check in on what, uh, what Murdoch's been up to in that old, uh, Winnebago of his. I like his bear rug with the glowing red eyes. That's my favorite detail. This is a much nicer shot of the Winnebago, in my opinion. And I believe this is where we can watch, um, Gorilla's MTV Cribs appearance, Wow, right? this was so different than I remembered. Like, yeah. Yeah, the anime, there was much more elaborate animation in it than I remembered. I kind of remembered it just being like cut out Murdoch faces with barely moving mouths or something. You know, the animation isn't the most fluid, but it's but it's pretty elaborate. Like a lot of full walking animations and, and you know, they definitely made Murdoch come alive in this little episode. This isn't my absolute favorite thing on the DVD. Um, we'll talk about that later. But I think this is the one really, really good find on Salute to Hades. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Phil Cornwall doing some great grunting and stuttering. Um, this is me cutting an onion. Some of you guys are probably way too fucking young to remember MTV Cribs. Like, that's a reality we're dealing with, Trevor, as being relatively old by Gorillaz fan standards. Right. But, you know, it was just exactly what you probably have, have osmosed from the culture that it was, which is opulent, opulent mansions from an era in which the the record industry had money. Well, there is that like there's that good thirty second segment where Murdoch talks about all the episodes he's seen and just says that every one is just like some vapid celebrity over and over again talking about like how they immediately buy cars and giant houses they can't afford, all yeah. while pissing wildly. For oh, like a, Murdoch! Like a, Murdoch either has the healthiest or least healthy <laughs> prostate. In the human race. like I love that by the end, he's just pissing over the side of the stall. Into the toilet in the next stall. Really impressive. That's a great parlor trick. I have a memory, Trevor, a very a very vivid memory of watching the Lil Bow Wow episode of Cribs. Uh, I believe he was 11 at the time. And he showed off the cars that he had already bought but could not drive yet. <laughs> What's he doing now? Lil Bow Wow, come on the show. Come on the show, Lil Bow Wow. Come on the show. I like uh, a lot of stuff in this. I love when he's in the Winnebago showing you all the celebrities that he's fucked. And uh, Yeah, I've uh, had her. I've had her, too. Had her. Wish I didn't. He goes through Angelina Jolie, Cameron Diaz, and the one that he had and wished that he hadn't was Courtney Love. Yeah, what do um what do what does the um cameraman see on his computer that forces him to throw him out of the Winnebago? You know what? I missed it and was like, I should jump back and look at it, but I was like, I've been watching this for hours. I'm and there's still a back. lot to go. There's so much more to go. <laughs> so what's next? The Murdoch is God visual. <laughs> it's so an, what's next? It's an upside down white cross over a black background that pulses in time with the music. <laughs> what's your favorite why don't we just what's your favorite of the uh b-side visuals mm, i hate to say it but it might be the people one 
Really? It might. I think the spitting out the demons one is pretty cool. Yeah, but it's not as dynamic. The people one kind of goes from one place to another. I don't know. I guess. Also, we get Murdoch's uh, alternative to the Queen's speech. Where he where he gives right, yeah. the Queen's Christmas Day speech. Uh takes some takes some shots at uh James Blunt and Harry Potter. Yeah, I'd forgotten that James Blunt existed until he said yeah. his name. Gorillas were not a fan of him though. I feel like this was only one of the uh several shots they fired at him. Yeah, they were like Pete Doherty also took a few on the chin in phase two, if I remember. Yeah. But this is the this is the grand debut on this DVD anyway of the Murdoch Nichols puppet. Which I love. It's a great puppet. I think it's a I great puppet. I love the puppets. I, I honestly, I prefer these to the motion capture things they're doing these days. Like, I mean, they're both good, but the puppets. I, I like the motion the capture puppets. just because of the elaborate kinds of things you can do with it. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. But I like the Murdoch puppet. The 2D puppet, we'll get to him in a minute. Looks very ugly. Murdoch gives a funny little Christmas Day speech. Uh he he recaps 2005. Apparently, I researched this a little bit, Trevor. This you could have accessed with your mobile phone through a service called Three. Who knows what was going on in like 2005 with technology? Yeah, I don't know, but I do love his his uh, his sign off, which is uh, so have a very merry Christmas and remember, hail Satan. And then he does the little thing with his hand. That's cool. Tootie's room. Uh, <laughs> boy, that animation from the Brits version of Dirty Harry, like. The version that you see in this where it's just the animation, that lip sync is rough, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it starts right on 2D's mouth trying to sing Anita Gunn, and it's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it looks real bad. What else is in here, though? Is this where we find the 2D bumper cars ident? Uh, yeah, where he's he's riding on a, a, a back of a bumper car and says, I love when all, these idents are so weird because they, they won't specifically say what video they're introducing. No, so they could use them for whatever. It's like, uh, here comes a brand new Gorillaz video. <laughs> I can so imagine seeing one of these on MTV, by the way. I, I probably did at one point. Probably, like Before, right? like, the Feel Good Ink one. This one also, though, just makes UD look like a huge douche. Yeah, I agree. Although he gets run over by a bumper car at the end, which is funny. It's a nice moment, yeah. Uh, it's got the El Nanyana video and animatic. There's there's not that much in 2D's room. That's all there is. No, there just there, there isn't really. So yeah, that um The next room is called the radio room. It's not Noodle's room. Okay. I don't I barely remember this room in the Phase 2 Kong website. Like I think they added it after the El Nanyana video, maybe? Maybe that's true, yeah. Because this one has the transmission of her SOS signal. It does, and it has uh the the lost gorilla's bite, fancy dress. Right. This is Murdoch dressed up as a Nazi for a photo shoot, and Russell admonishes him for doing that. Foreshadowing their um, partnership with Red Bull. Hail Gorillas. Yep. What are they dressed as? I believe Tootie is dressed as a mummy. Uh, Russell is dressed as Oliver Hardy. And Noodle has Noodle some, kind, has of some a, kind of Western sheriff outfit on or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't know. I can see why they held this one back. It's not that great, right? I like when uh, Russell calls Murdoch a cracker ass. But the closing line is kind of weak sauce. Why didn't anyone tell me it was crap? That's like, I don't yeah, know. Right? Very, yeah. And then we see the capsule hotel ident, which is, uh, which is uh, Noodle. You can hear the Don't Get Lost in Heaven demo in behind right? her. Right, I, I did not know that. That's very interesting. This is where she refers to being the guitar player with Gorilla's Bando. <sighs> is it racist? Is it? It feels, ra- it feels racist. Is it racist, A, that her name is Noodle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels weird, though, that like sometimes she's like doing a full-on Japanese minstrel performance, and sometimes she's like speaking like somebody who 
commands English as a second language with much with a lot of skill and maybe she's just good at code switching, you know? Maybe like when she's on these radio shows to talk about Demon Day, she's like, Oh, I actually want to talk about this. But if they put her in front of a camera and go like, Hey, uh, do this little thing for um this uh this little bumper for MTV or fuse or something. Do you she goes, remember okay, that? I'm gonna pretend like I can't speak English, so it'll just be out and done. Do you remember that Dave Chappelle bit from uh Killing Me Softly where he mentioned that Every black American is is bilingual because they speak job interview and street. That's what I'm talking about. Is there That's a similar? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's is that what what's going on about. here? Is there a Japanese equivalent where you like you really ham it up for your for your boys, but then if if somebody's putting a microphone in your face, you kind of <clears throat> and you button down. Yeah, maybe possibly. <laughs> Let us two white American dudes speculate on that. I think she might be playing Tetris on her Game Boy. By the way, I couldn't quite tell. I zoomed in. It looked like she might have been playing Tetris. If you've zoomed in and actually can tell, tweet at us. Yeah, sure. I'll forgot that I mentioned this and look at your tweet for a good two minutes, wondering what it means. <laughs> so, uh, what's what's next? The hellhole is next. Right, the hellhole, which With I think the, was probably the most disappointing part of the Phase I know, 2 website. I agree. There's a, there's a piece of graffiti there that says fire coming out of the monkey's head. Um, and on the website, this area had a countdown, right? It did. Uh, and you get to see the end result of that countdown through a little Easter egg. Yeah. Where it just, what, Murdoch rises out of the hole and then says, give me your soul. Is that it? Yep, and a lot of Gorillaz fans I know were looking, um, looking for something more significant to happen at the end of that countdown, I'm pretty sure. Like a video release or a new B-side or something. Something, yeah. The closure to whatever happened in the El Mignana video, I can't remember. Okay, so there's the spitting out the demons visual, which you mentioned, with the windmill and the red and the black and the graveyard. It looks cool. It does, but let's talk about Murdoch's Motorola commercial. Right, which is the most horrifying thing what the, the Gorillaz Project has ever produced. <laughs> Like, Motorola could not have been happy with this. No. There's like, no way that they were happy with the money, what they got for the money they paid Jamie Hewlett to give them At some point, this. the dude who financed the Motorola commercial saw it, and I just wish I could have been there. Me too. So it's like Murdoch is in on this short looping animation. He's rendered nude other than a thong. He's a, he's, let me coin a term. And a hat. He's wearing a hat. Let me let me coin a term. He's a bethonged Murdoch. Okay. Uh, and he's yeah, he's got his little his his little sort of Nazi captain <laughs> hat, uh, and he's playing what looks like a baby grand piano, but Calliope music is coming out of it. You think that's a Damon Auburn original? Maybe, probably not. It seems like it would be in some kind of a sound library or something like that. Doing this short looping animation, and then the the phone that he has tucked in his thong strap begins to ring. Okay, are are you with me so far? And he goes. Motorola. Look, I can't talk now. I'm naked. And then he just goes right back to that looping animation again. This is the this is the most grotesque a member of the band has ever looked, in my it's opinion. Really Over the four horrifying. phases. Like I know they look weird on the humans covers. This is the most unappealing they've ever made a band member look. Why does this exist? I I would love to know what Motorola thought. They must have been furious. Motorola CEO, come on the show. <laughs> Talk about this moment. Talk about this. Yeah. Are you still the CEO, or did the shareholders vote you out after you okayed this advertisement? It's a likely outcome. <laughs> uh, then you got the puppet intro from Demon Days in Harlem. Love it. I saw this live. Yeah, you get Murdoch tells that funny story about going through customs, um, and he and the Murdoch puppet got his dick sucked or something. Yeah, he like feigns an orgasm. It's kind of hard to listen to. Like the the recording is weirdly echoey. This is, I think, some of the best Murdoch voice acting though. Like I like when he goes, "Well, 
And then he goes into a story real quick about how he got through. He does like a little bit of a, a fourth wall breaking as well, where he like refers to to an actor who's doing his voice in the studio. And yeah, uh, and it's pre recorded. Yeah, that's very funny. To coin to coin another term, Deadpool style. <laughs> I may I may be a puppet, but I'm also a millionaire rock star puppet. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, and then comes this weird little Q and A for the Webbies. This is my favorite part of the. This DVD. was such a joy, and as soon as I saw this come up on on the, this is also my favorite part of this DVD. As soon as I was like a Q and A with Murdoch and Two D for the Webbies, I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna suck. Like, first of all, do the Webbies still exist, Trevor? Is, I don't is even that... know what the Webbies are. I think. Oh my this, god. I guess they. Oh my this god. Was a, this an was award a... they won for the <laughs> website. This, no, this is well, yeah, they probably won for the website, but Trevor. <laughs> The Webbies were, uh, or maybe are, <laughs> the Academy Award of Web 1.0 content. So, like, do you remember the old Flash animations, like, like Frog in a Blender or <laughs> or Hamster in a Microwave or whatever? Like Newgrounds.com yes, kind of stuff? Yes, that kind okay. of shit would win Webbies. And nobody would be there in person. They would all, like, record themselves on their shitty webcam with the award that had been mailed to them weeks prior going, Hey, thank you. This means so much to me. I really appreciate it. And, like... You could watch it, like, streaming in, like, 24 kilobyte form on real player video. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Mid-2000s. Mid-2000s internet. But this is, like you said, a joy. It's so much fun. What's your favorite part? Let's talk about our favorite parts. Okay, my favorite part is when the topic of Prince comes up. His right hand is bigger than his left. Well, now, the the delivery, Trevor, I believe, is uh, his right hand is bigger than his left. (laughs) I think my favorite part would have to be the little joke they stumble into about Murdoch and Tootie going to Newfoundland and opening a shop that sells swan-shaped scones. And they totally, they totally break character. Like that they, just becomes. They must have come up with that on the spot, right? Yeah, because that just becomes Phil Cornwell and Nelson DeFritis like laughing like crazy. It's so good. That's that's another fanfic that needs to happen. By the way, I, I did want to mention uh, last week I put out a call uh, for somebody to write a fanfic about gorillas stealing the plastic beach tapes from damon alburn's studio we got a lovely submission by a uh, member of the gorillas fandom i'm so glad you got to take a look at that it's so great it's so good they did such a good job i loved reading this we could not have asked for a better job i believe their um their tumblr url is identification uh except it's uh spelled e y e identification like i identification uh that's their tumblr and their um, fanfiction.net. Also, it's also identification. Yes. Uh, and, and it's up there on fanfiction.net, a style of thick request. I so recommend you go read it. It's so much it fun. It is so good. Thank you so much for sending that in. We love receiving stuff like that. And yeah, if anybody wants to write a fanfic about 2D and Murdoch uh, settling in Canada and opening up a swan scone shop, I, that's really strong, something else I would Really strong love in to character read. writing, in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah. Everything feels really on, on brand, you know what I mean? My favorite one is when one of the questions asked is, why are these awards important? <laughs> and then Murdoch, and Murdoch just, just said, leans in and goes, they aren't. <laughs> yeah, this, I agree with you. This is the best part. Really good. Less impressive was Murdoch thanking EMI. Uh, it's like this weird little video of him in front of the, the uh, Demon Days stained glass window, and he's being very earnest. Like, you guys do so much for us artists. We just thank you so much. All of you corporate guys who look out for us. Like, really weird. I think it must have been played at like an EMI shareholders end of year banquet or something. Possibly. But it feels like there's no there's no punch behind it. You know, like you would expect Murdoch to be like, 
we know you're all devil worshippers who drink virgin blood or whatever like that. There's nothing like that, you know. It's just like yeah, it's yeah. There's no. It's not very tongue in cheek. It's just very straight. Uh, Russell's room. Russell's room. Yeah, would they stick in here this time? There's an obnoxious commercial for a texting service that will give you gorillas ringtones. It's so oh, yeah. bad. What the fuck was this? The I mid two thousand were such a weird kind of. Almost prehistoric time by Dude, today's standards. In two thousand and six, I, I spent about six months in London I had a, doing an internship, and like after ten o'clock, this was every commercial. It was some guy yelling at you, "Text this to this and get this new great deal right now," and it's just so annoying, so bad. Did you ever do it? Were you one of the few? Were, were you one of the many people? I'm sure walking around uh, London with a Dare as their ringtone and the little noodle dance animatic on their phone. No, I don't think I was. I don't think I was on your mobile. Color. On your mobile? You know what I do like, though, is we, we kind of took a shit earlier on the VMA hologram animations, but the version in Russell's room is kind of sick because it's like they've separated each band member out, so they're all over like a black void, right? And it's the version of the song that's like the the mashup of uh, Hung Up by Madonna and Feel Good Inc. Can we talk about that? Because that's a really really weird thing that happened i love it i love that mashup it's dope like gorillas opened up the grammys with madonna no wasn't it the vmas i thought it was the vmas i thought they opened the vmas by themselves no the emas the european music awards were by themselves i thought the vmas were with well whatever i think it was the grammys but ultimately it doesn't matter and someday we'll all die um but this is great i love madonna she's also there you know, arranged just like one of the holograms in her own little black void. Yo, Dylan, Gorillas opened the Grammys with Madonna. Is that true? Did you look it up? I just looked it up. The 2006 Grammys, Gorillas opened the Grammys with Madonna. That's, That's a crazy. thing that happened. That's crazy. This is a better version of this, I think, than actually watching it live. Like, sure, the energy of this in a more contained little box feels better than than what it looked like on the stage, in my opinion. It definitely wasn't enjoyable up there. No. I like the interplay between Madonna and the band, how she kind of flirts with Murdoch. That's fun. Well, she's a hologram as well during that part, right? I think so. I can't quite remember how that was handled. She's a hologram up until uh, Hung Up starts in earnest, and she uh, stands behind Murdoch at one point. You see them cross paths, which is, you know, supposed to look super impressive because it's like a real person in a hologram, but no, they were both holograms. Both holograms. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a good hologram Madonna. Then we've got uh, uh, Russell introducing a non-specific new Gorillaz video from atop a giant stack of computer machinery and things. Right. Uh, and then there's a trailer for the GES games. I barely remember this being a thing, Trevor. I don't remember what you're talking about. So apparently on Kong Studios Phase 2, there were like NES-style playable minigames. Oh yeah, these. And each band member had one, the Gorillas Entertainment System instead of Nintendo Entertainment System. So there's like a version of Breakout where Murdoch uses his crotch to bounce the ball, and then there's like a game where Russell eats cookies. And And there's one where Noodle kicks the gorilla. And then there's one where 2D like hits a punching bag or something. Barely remember these. I barely remember these. Hours of entertainment. And then uh, and then there's a couple of little bonus hidden things at the end of all of this, Trevor. Right. What do we got for those little Easter eggs? So if you visit every room at least once, you unlock the happy landfill visual, which is astonishing, Trevor. It's a rapid-fire edit of a bunch of Phase 2 artwork while happy landfill plays in the background. Very cool. 
And then there's hidden clickables. You get to see Murdoch come out of the hellhole, like we mentioned before. I want your soul, or give me your soul, or whatever he says. Yeah, I want your souls. I don't know exactly what he says. Then Murdoch and Noodle show up on a communist submarine. <laughs> then Murdoch's in a Mexican prison, and he introduces a new kick-ass gorillas video. And then somebody before gonna... getting some like fingers shoved up his butt or something. Yeah, like a cavity search or something like yeah. that. There's bloopers of the Murdoch puppet. Visual for the Swagga is there. Yep. And there's a Kong Studios tour where there's no Mel 9000 this time, just a little click-through of the, much shorter click-through of the Phase 2 Kong Studios website set to Highway Under Construction for, like, a double dose of nostalgia. Um, is this also where you find the band's commentary on Feel Good, Inc.? Yes. That's pretty cool. That's worth checking out, I think. I loved that. I wish that they would do commentary, band commentary for every Gorillaz video. That would be that awesome. Would be, I would buy a DVD of that, probably. For sure. It wouldn't even need an, an interactive Kong Studios. In fact, I'd prefer it not. Just put the videos on there with commentary tracks, and I'm happy. I'll pay I'll pay $29.99 for it. I like when uh, Russell says, uh, the guys who made this video must have been really good, because I can't tell which parts are animated and which parts are real. <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, we did it, Trevor. We made it to the end of these fucking dvds do you think anybody's still listening god bless you Ooh, let's come up with a secret hashtag for them to tweet at us if they made it all the way to this part uh hashtag don't flatter yourself tony if you made it all the way to the end of this episode give me a hashtag don't flatter yourself tony at gorillas fancast and here's what we'll do right now right now we only follow gorillas collaborators but i figured out how to put them in a list so i can look at that feed whenever i want to if you at Reply us with hashtag don't flatter yourself, Tony. I will follow you back. We should say that is a little, that's a little joke from the uh, Gorilla's Puppet Webby Awards interview. That's right. Yeah. Don't flatter yourself, Tony. Is from don't the, flatter from yourself, the Tony. So whatever, whatever, Trevor. These are whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They were much cooler in 2002 and 2006. In 2017, maybe not so much. Still worth, still worth checking out a lot of this stuff here. I know we were a little negative this episode, um, but I, I enjoyed watching a lot of this stuff. It was fun. It was fun. I had, a, I had a fun time. Worth coming back next week, too, because next week we're going to be talking about the interview tapes, the Apex tapes, and We Are the Dury, and I think we're both pretty excited about that. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Until then, um, did you, uh, did you, have you come up with another attempt at a, a sign-off line? No, I'm, I, I, I've been shell-shocked all week. I, I, yeah. I've, I've looked deep into myself, and I found nothing. Guess we'll see you next week, then. <laughs> Okay, okay, yeah, sure, okay. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't, don't flatter yourself, that. Tony. You're not that great. <laughs> oh, oh, Frank was better. Frank was better, okay. huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank was oh, better, huh? Oh, Frank, come, come <laughs> here, come on, come here, 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 come here